Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified in your inbox. And that's the only email you'll receive. Now, this is the second of my New Year's special programs in which we look at some of the investment trends for um, 2011. And with me now, it's my pleasure to welcome back an old favourite. He is, of course, Larry Pesavento, the man who looks at patterns and uh, the positioning of the stars in order to make his investment decisions, sometimes with incredible accuracy and success. Larry, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Oh, very good, Dominic. I think it was August was the last time I was on, as I recall. <laughs> I, I think it was. It's uh, sometime in the summer, certainly, or, or the early autumn. And, um, yeah, I mean, what? Uh, where, where do you see us? Where, where, where do we go from here, Larry? I remember you saying in late August uh, you, you were looking for a big move in, in late August, and it, you got the big move, but not quite in the direction you were intending. Well, I expected it to be a sort of a crash-type bottom on August the 27th. And uh, we did make a, a significant bottom on August 27th because we completed a couple of nice Gartley patterns in the indices, but it was still higher than it was in July. So the August low came in higher than I expected, but I was expecting a low at that time. What I wasn't expecting was to see an all-time record month for September, October, November, and December. You know, the market has gone up uh, almost 20% in uh, in that time period, which that I thought it could get 10%, but not 20%. Uh, what we have now is uh, starting uh, on January 4th, the Bradley model that I use to you know, make my predictions each year has, it starts to point down uh, in late December, and it turns down very hard right after uh, January 4th. And January 4th has many, many things occurring, uh, astrological. All of the 618 planets of uh, Venus, in other words, Venus, Jupiter, uh, Venus, Mars, Venus, Uranus, all of those are are coming to um, uh, Venus, Neptune is also another one. They're all coming around the sa- actually the same day, January the 4th. And then on January the 6th, Venus changes signs, which is nothing more than a, a 235-day cycle that, that is there in the market. So that's all coming together at the same time that the Bradley stock market model is turning down. And then we are completing a major butterfly pattern uh, on the daily charts uh, for the S&P, the Dow Jones, and the New York Stock Exchange Index. And at the same time that we're doing that, we are completing 618 retracements on the longer-term high from way back in 2007. So there's many, many things happening at this time. And the most, I think the most important telltale sign that we're getting at this point is we're getting major divergences here in the United States on the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones and the New York Stock Exchange Index. The new highs 
to new low ratio is dissipating badly. In other words, we're making new highs here, yet the number of new highs is, is dropping very, very rapidly against the number of new lows being made. In other words, more new lows are being made than new highs. And this is really a bad sign at this particular time when all these other timing singles come in. So our trade of the year is to buy the SH, which is the, um, you know, the short S&P 500 ETF, and uh, risk two points, which is uh, roughly about 8%. And um, over the past 14 years, like we've had um, you know, 12 winners, uh, one break-even, and uh, one losing trade. Last year, we, we sold the S&P, and for the first month, it worked quite well, and then it went back and stopped us out at break-even. But some of them have been quite good uh, through the years. They're based on the major patterns and the cycles that I look at, but they must use with a little discretion and some stop uh, protection, but uh, you know, if you'll follow it, uh, usually they've worked pretty well over the past uh, you know 14 years. So this is year 15, so we'll see what happens. It's the year of the tiger, and I feel a little frisky, so I think this is uh, it, this might be it. So, in other words, you're looking for possibly uh, a continuation of this up move into early January, and then from January the 4th, you see the beginning of, of all hell breaking loose or just a... a... Yes, I, I really think January 4th is going to be a real significant turn day. I, I would, uh, and I'm, in fact, I'm betting quite heavily on it, but uh, it should be a very... If it's not a turn date, in other words, if the market just goes through that without anything happening to it, I will be really surprised. And I get surprised a lot, but you have a, you have a solar eclipse, uh, you have a new moon, which are, both of them are pretty good in their own right, Plus, you have the, the planets, the three planets that are lining up all together. You have Venus, Neptune, uh, Venus, Uranus, and Venus, uh, Jupiter. Uh, and then you have Venus changing signs the, the very next day. And I, I can't find an instance where that has not turned the market. So, But I only went back 200 years, well, since 1876. And uh, each time that we've had anything near that, and this is really big. It's not as big as the August 27th one, but... Uh, you know, it, it's pretty big. Now, you know, this might be a place where it doesn't work, but the odds favor uh, a turn along with the patterns that we're looking at. All of that is all coming together, you know, quite nicely. And this is this is what we look for. So we, we're looking at uh, <clears throat> stock markets headed lower. Your trade of the year is to short stock markets. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, what about gold and oil? Where, where, uh, are we okay. going to see movements there on in, in early January well, as well? Yes, well, actually, gold today uh, broke out of a triangle that it's been in for quite a few uh, days. It's been bouncing off these Fibonacci numbers almost like magic for the past several weeks. And once we cleared 1392, that set us up to make the next level that we've hit so far today, 1406. And it looks to me like we, we might have one more uh, jab. We could also we could go all the way up to the 1460 level, you know, and make a new high. Uh, and if it's if it's occurring around that same time of January 4th, you you, you have to be really careful of uh, being uh, on a side of a real strong trending market, whether it's gold or silver or oil or whatever it happens to be, because this is a lot of energy that is occurring at that point. So, oh, you know, if you're in those markets and you're making a lot of money on the long side, there's you know, I think that's great. I'm I, I'm long gold, and um, so I, I would just keep your stops close around January 4th. That's that's my that's my recommendation. Regarding the oil market, uh, we have uh, quite a few targets at that $93 per barrel level, and we're very close to that. Now, that's important because that's a daily, what we call a butterfly pattern, where you have uh, several A, B equals CDs 
that extend to the 1.618 level, but on the longer-term chart from 2007 to the low we made in 2009, uh, we're making a 50% retracement back in crude oil. That was from that 145 level down to the 33 and then back up again you know, to the uh, 93, 94 area. So, you know, there's a lot of numbers coming together, but the main thing is this January 4th date. It's a big one. Um, you know, I I hit the dates pretty good. Sometimes my direction is not as good as I want it to be, but I hey, I didn't, I wasn't short the whole way up from August till, you know, we went short actually on December uh, 21st on the solstice and the uh, full moon, and the market has really gone nowhere uh, since that time, we're basically setting in a break-even position, and we've been in it for, you know, more than uh, nine days now. So it's, uh, you know, it hasn't hurt us yet, but I put a wide stop on it because of that January 4th date, and uh, it'll be interesting because, you know, we have the holiday, then we come in on Monday, which is the 3rd, and then we have the 4th, which is Tuesday. So if we have a big up on Monday, boy, Tuesday is really going to be ripe for a uh, trend change. Um, and if we start down early... You know, that's, a, that's also a possibility because these have an orb of about two days, you know, on either side because there's there's just so many cycles together. You you try to get it to the exact date, but you go one day either side and, and you, you're pretty close. Very interesting stuff, Larry. And um, now let's talk about the long bond. The long bond, if I had a trade of the decade, <laughs> this would be it. I, I think bonds are, uh, you know, disaster waiting to happen. And the reason why I believe that is the chart. In fact, that was our trade of the year in 2009 when bonds were 142. Uh, you know, we were we were selling bonds right on the high week, and uh, you know they dropped over uh, 25 points uh, in the following year. But now we've we've had the rally back um, to the 618 retracement, which was up around that 136 level. And now we've we sold off of that, and it looks very, very bearish. Um, I've always said, you know, since 2007, uh, on August the 16th, that we were in a debt cycle. In other words, this was all, everything that's happening is related to debt, whether it's credit card debt, municipality debt, uh, sovereign debt, it's all related to debt. And, uh, you know, most debts, as you know, don't get repaid uh, when companies or countries, you know, can't afford to repay it. They just renege on it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of precedence behind it, but, you know, it hasn't happened as yet. Uh, Ireland was, you know, finally bailed out, but the problems are still exist. Nothing's changed. Our government's still giving money to the banks, and the banks are the ones that, uh, you know, lend the money out, but they don't lower the interest rates, and they even tighten credit during this time. So all this is starting to come to roost. We'll see if 2011 is going to be the year, but we've had a 21-month rally from our low on uh, March the 9th, of 2009 so there's a whole lot of things that are coming together they might not work but uh, Dominic this is as good as it gets for me as far as patterns and prices and cycles it's uh, everything is there you could you could almost write a textbook about what's happening right now yeah if I was to look across to the forex markets to me the forex opportunity of 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 next year or now really is is to be short the yen against the US dollar would you agree with that Yes, that would that would have originally been my trade of the year, but it happened too soon. The bottom came in November. If that had been happening now at that 80 level, um, uh, in which I, re I use the dollar versus the yen, which is the reverse of the way you look at it, but it, it's the same pattern, just upside down. 
um, that would be the place that I would be, uh, you know, looking to, you know, go into the dollar. Now, we've had a good rally, a five-point rally off of that, and now we're making a, a little retracement back towards that. So between 81.50 and 82, if the yen would get to, to get there, uh, I will be looking to be a buyer of that with my stop below those lows we had back in November. But um, that that's a that's a, another one that looks really interesting, and another one that it, that is also uh, very important is the Australian dollar because you know the Australian dollar is is making uh, you know pa- going above parity against the U.S. dollar as is the Canadian dollar. Mm-hmm. So it, it's the euro and the pound that are that are weak that's keeping the dollar you know from you know totally getting massacred. So if something happens with these commodity prices like you know gold or copper making a triple top or something like that then then you could have some uh, real fireworks in the forex market i mean forex markets are great to trade you know intraday and short term but longer term you know you have to to risk a little bit more uh, on these but uh, that's that's the movement of money i mean that's where that's where you make your interest rate is when you when you pick the right currency yeah i mean interestingly on on just going back to that yen trade i mean that's a kind of 25-year double top. Oh, yes, huge. And uh, it, it, that's on the double top on the 25-year chart. It's making a three-drive to a bottom on the weekly and monthly chart, or a three-drive to a top in, in your case, the way you look at it. So it's, uh, it's got a lot of things uh, you know, going for it, and it's coming at the same time that we're getting these other signals in the other stock markets of the world. And, Dominic, you know, I look at China quite a bit because we live in Hong Kong part of the time and we just spent a month there and the Chinese market is uh, far, far from a bull market. I mean, it's barely made a 61% retracement and then it just backed off very rapidly as did the the Hang Seng, which is our home in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong index has got hit pretty hard and we actually went below the 22,500 level uh, while we were there, which was key support. We bounced up a little bit and now we're back to 22,600 and it closed below 22,300 in the Hang Seng, I believe you're going to see some acceleration. And if we moved over to Japan, all you have to do is just look at a yearly chart or weekly chart. Let's just go to a weekly chart and you'll see an absolute perfectly symmetrical uh, head and shoulders pattern. And the the last shoulder that we just made was an exact 61% off of the head and the other shoulder was a 1.618 expansion off of the high. So you have a, you know, if you were looking at a Pentagon, you know, both of those shoulders are perfectly symmetrical Fibonacci numbers. And as long as we don't go above uh, 10,500 in the uh, Nikkei, uh, it looks to me like, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a down year for, you know, Asia too. Very interesting. Now, Larry, um, you know, a lot of people are very uh, cynical or sceptical, if you like, about uh, your the methods that you employ. But I um, hope so. <laughs> yeah, but there are more and more uh, studies and uh, acceptance is, is also uh, taking place at the same time. Why don't you tell us about some of the how uh, astrological charting and astrological trading is, is gradually creeping its way into the mainstream? Okay, Dominic, this has been a big year for uh, astro harmonic people because, you know, we, we really have had very few friends. Uh, my book uh, that I wrote the, uh, in 1987 has been the last book that's really been written about astrology. Uh, 20 years before that, Dr. Commander Williams wrote one in 1964. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of research, but no one really publishes. And you remember we came on in July and we talked about the Royal Bank of Scotland, the 
second largest bank uh, in the actually it's the third largest bank now you know came out with a report that showed that over an 88 year period if you bought on a new moon and sold on the full moon uh, in the stock market in the United States that it returned 16 times a buy and hold uh, strategy and that included the period of the Great Depression and the Great Recession of 1974 so even during those times it had huge returns uh, they also, in that report, they talked a little bit about the four-and-a-half-year cycle, which is nothing more than the Mars-Jupiter cycle. But, Dominic, something really big happened, uh, actually, in uh, September of this year. And Dr. Andrew Lowe from MIT, who's the fellow who runs the quantitative mathematics department at MIT, he actually holds a chair there, and he's the person responsible for most of the quants that go into Wall Street. And he came out with a new book called The Evolution of Technical Analysis. And the first 30 or 40 pages of that book, all he talked about was astrology, starting with the 3500 uh, B.C. period of the Babylonians and how they predicted the price of wheat by using the planet Mercury. They actually had tablets and tables showing how they were actually making these predictions with uh, pretty good success. So when Dr. Lowe is looking at something that goes back that far, and he's also looking at things. Uh, he mentions the Gartley pattern so many times in the book, what really makes me, you know, feel pretty good because I was the one that found the Gartley book, you know, back in 1970 and made the Gartley pattern, you know, relatively popular. There's many people using it now, which is, I think, quite good. But when Dr. Lowe starts talking about astrology, you can bet those computers at MIT are humming because all you have to do is put the dates in. That's all you're looking at. There's nothing esoteric about these planetary things. They're just nothing more than dates. The number of days between Venus and Uranus, you know, going around is 225 over 365 days a year. That comes out to 0.618. And if you looked at the other planets and their combinations, they're all related to these uh, numbers of the Fibonacci summation sequence or other numbers of sacred geometry because that's all it is is numbers. And so it's it's fun, to, uh, you know, to see it finally come in, you know, to fruition. And we're just beginning. I mean, this is a two, uh, 2010 is a watershed year for astroharmonics, in my opinion, because uh, with Andrew Lowe coming out in the world back in Scotland, there's going to be a lot more, too. There'll, there'll be other big universities like Oxford or Stanford or, you know, someplace will have some real significant studies that show, wow, you know, this really is better than just... Uh, throwing a dart or, you know, changing newspapers in a birdcage. I mean, there's statistics behind this. Mm. Larry Pesavento, why don't you tell, tell us your website address so that people can find out more about you? Sure. It's uh, www.tradingtutor, that's T-U-T-O-R dot com. And my email is uh, Larry at tradingtutor dot com. And I always enjoy, you know, chatting with you, Dominic, and I sure enjoyed seeing pictures of your kids in the snow because I was watching the reports each day from London and uh, I was there uh, two years ago when they had that big February storm where the the airport had closed for a day and I happened to be stuck at Heathrow and uh, they ran out of paper. They not only ran out of money, they ran out of all kinds of paper. (laughs) You know what I mean. It was a very interesting time. (laughs) Excellent stuff. Well, good stuff. Well, Larry, uh, uh, once again, thank you very much, and uh, happy 2011. You too, Dominic. Thank you, and a happy uh, 2011 to you also. Okay. Bye-bye. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. 
To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 